Hey everybody, you're listening to Big Things with Zach Miko, and on today's episode, I sit down with comedian and character actor, Tim Gerbach. Now sit back, relax, and listen to the theme song. All right, and welcome everyone to Big Things with Zach Miko. As always, I am your host, Zach Miko. How's everybody doing? How about that game last night? See, I'm saying that because this is released on Monday, but I'm recording this on Friday, so I actually have no idea who won. Um, But yeah, I bet you it's a great game. How about that commercial? Wasn't that one so funny? I really hope there's some good commercials. There is one uh, with Big Lebowski, I think, that's going to happen, so I'm pretty pumped about that. Um, but, yeah, I'll, I'll let you know next week what I thought of it. I think it's great. I'm going to be rooting for the Los Angeles Rams, everybody. Um, you know, to each your own, pick your team. But I'm a Giants fan, so there's not a lot of love lost between uh, the Giants and the Patriots. Used to be. Used to be there was no um, rivalry at all. And then we beat uh, the Patriots in the Super Bowl, and they got all upset about that. And so, you know, we did it again. But anyway, either way, it's going to be a great game. I do like the Rams a lot. Youngest head coach ever to play in uh, or in the Super Bowl. Youngest head coach ever in the Super Bowl. Taken over from uh, our good old buddy from Pittsburgh. But anyway, it's going to be a good show. This isn't a sports thing, guys. But I do like sports. Um, we have a great episode for you today. I sit down with my good friend, comedian and character actor, Tim Gerbach. Tim is one of the funniest people I know. I have a, <laughs> I almost have a hard time interviewing him because I just uh, he makes me laugh when I look him in the eyes. There's something about him. He's a delight. Uh, we met do, during um, when I used to do musical comedy. He has a band called Squirm and Germ, a hilarious R&B rap comedy band that you're going to hear a song from later on in the episode, so don't worry. He also is the star of the off-Broadway show Birthday Sax, where he plays Mannheim Tutlingen, a um, German obsessed with 80s pop culture who comes back to have a birthday party in the U.S. He's hilarious, guys. I love him. So, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, my interview with Tim Gerbach. Ladies and gentlemen, I am sitting here with uh, comedian, character actor, unlicensed life coach, <laughs> Tim Gerbach, everybody. Hi. Hey. Hi. Hey. How you doing, buddy? Thanks doing for coming here. I'm sorry I was late. No, thank you. It gave me time to uh, caffeinate, <laughs> hydrate, and all, stretch. All the above. <laughs> all the above. Oh, awesome. Uh, so let's start for, the, for those of you who don't know Tim. He's uh, a very funny fella. You, uh, you and I met because we were both doing musical 
comedy. Quam, comedy <laughs> down in the quaff. Exactly. Philadelphia. We were both doing um, musical comedy, um, and there was a Funny Songs Festival, Philly Funny Songs Fest. Yes. Lots of Fs. Um, and my band, the Dreamstocks, met his band, Squirm and Germ, who are a delectable rapping R&B duo. Yeah, that was a that was a magical evening when we met. I feel like there was it was a lot really of good. That was a weird festival in general. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. Like it was all the bars that we performed at didn't look open, um, nope. but not like open like oh before business hours. Like they didn't look like they were ever in business. And like I remember the room we performed in was like an apartment above the bar. It felt like an attic. Yeah. There was literally like an empty room with blood smears on the walls, like next to it. And that was like our green room. Oh yeah. And we were all like, Oh, we'll, we'll we'll keep our stuff in the main room. It's cool. They (laughs) were like, Oh, that's Willie's room. (laughs) I don't know who Willie is, uh, but I'm worried what's happening. Oh, it was very, very weird. Um, (laughs) it was, it was fucking weird. I don't know. Quamity. Quamity is weird. Um, but let's start at the very beginning. Uh, Mr. Gerbach, uh, where are you from originally? I am originally from Elizabeth, New Jersey. Oh, so far. Yeah, so, far so, so far. So exotic. So exotic. So many people are like, wait, I know that. The Ikea next to Newark Airport. Yeah. That's it's like their main point of reference. Oh, I know. Um, <laughs> you know, it's a, I've been a bridge and tunnel kid coming into the city, oh, clubbing. You, no, I don't. No, I yeah, barely but, went to clubs. Do you know, like, where did... Do you experience the negativity bridge and tunnel comes with ever? Like when you're in New York? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of like, oh, New Jersey. But it's okay because they do that about Long Island, too. It's like New Jersey and and Westchester. Really, everybody. They're all kind of lumped in. If you're not in the city itself, but you're near the city, everyone's like, hmm. They're like, oh, you're from that armpit. They're like, uh, you live in the same armpit, all yeah. right? You just have more culture going on here. And more money being spent. Too much more money being spent. Too much more money. Too much. <laughs> That's the name of our next song. Too, Too much. much more money. <laughs> oh, my God. <clears throat> Did you have um, siblings or anything, Elizabeth? I <laughs> did you <laughs> like in past tense? You're like, yes. You have, the ghost of my twin brother haunts me. Gone? No, uh, I have an older sister. Mm-hmm. Um, she actually lives in Elizabeth still. Great. Uh, five minute drive from my parents. Nice. Uh, yeah, there's a there's a cute little suburb area of it because people would like think of it as like industrial and or all like, the suburbs in New Jersey are really nice. Um, not all of them, uh, uh, but but. <laughs> But why you gotta hate? Why you gotta Sorry. hate on Jersey? I'm not. There's something about like I don't know why. I think New Jersey is. I have so many friends from New Jersey. I have so many friends who were born and raised in New Jersey. Yeah. I have so many like, like you know, comedians and actors that I look up to and love and are from New Jersey and everything's fine. Yeah. But for some reason, I think being living in the city for a certain amount of time, you start to get this weird like Jersey bias where oh. you're like, oh, I have to go to Jersey to oh, do no, this. Oh, no, absolutely. I, well, I was living in Washington Heights for a while and people had no problem hanging out. Now I live in Jersey City, which is even closer, actually. Way closer, way nicer. And we're like, but there's water I have to <laughs> go underneath. But they have no problem crossing into Brooklyn and Queens. Yeah, not at all. See, They're, for me, living in Queens, when you say Jersey, I'm like, I, I literally just, I'm like, that's two rivers. I can't do oh, it. I, oh. One body of water at a time. Well, that was, we just saw each other at our friend Katie Sexton's birthday party. Yeah, yeah. And 
I was like, I have to commute to Astoria. I am going to oh, shoot myself in the face. It's so far, man. It took me two hours to get home that night. It was great. It was so great. Oh, it's an adventure. And we got a spare bedroom, man. Next time we trapped in Astoria, it's too, it's too far. We like, I really, that's the problem is like in New York, even though miles wise, I think it's from, from Queen, from Astoria to Jersey city. I think it's about a 10 mile drive, which anywhere else in the world or in America at least, is nothing at all. Yeah. But for us, it's enough where I'm like, there's no way I'm going there. <laughs> yeah. You're like, wait, I because have to pay a toll? No, no, I got to no, pay no, two no. tolls, man. Uh, I got to mm-hmm. cross the Triborough and the GW. That's a lot of tolls. But I only have to, the GW, you don't have to pay going out. Going into Jersey is free. Leaving Jersey costs 15 bucks. On That's, the I heard someone make a joke. They're like, New Jersey's the only state where you have to pay to leave. Yeah, exactly. Like, That's right. You got to pay your dues. They're like, come on in. Oh, you want to go? $15, please. You're never leaving. Oh, my God. So um, you're, did you go to school in Elizabeth and whatnot, too? Did you stay there the whole time? or? I did, yeah. I went through the public school system. I am a product of public school. Uh, me too. Uh, I, you have... Uh, so <laughs> I'm sorry, everybody. Sam, <laughs> I think you're one of the funniest people, and you're one of the people that I just like look at, and everything's <laughs> funny. I'm like, ah, public school, hilarious. <laughs> it's too much for me. Um, I think it, the fact is I don't know how to bring up the fact that you're... Uh, your father is a German cartoon character, so I'm trying to find a way into yeah. this. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, uh, your father is from uh, where in Germany? My father is from uh, the Bavarian area of Pforzheim, Germany. Uh, it's like right next to the Black Forest. Okay. Um, where all the cakes and hams where, where come from. all the cakes and the hams and, and the gummy bears. And Gummy bears and blueberry picking and oh. uh, frolicking in the <laughs> exactly. woods. Exactly, it's the good part of yeah. Germany. Yeah, he I grew mean, up in like a storybook town. Yeah, it's ridiculous. very Hansel and Gretelish. He had to watch out for breadcrumbs. It, pretty much, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what was it like being raised by a German cartoon character? It was surreal. I mean, it still is surreal. I. I don't think he realized how funny he is I, yeah. because it's just who he is. He's the quirkiest human being I still, I think, have ever met. Yeah. Um, his accent got thicker as he lived here. He's lived in <laughs> New Jersey longer than he lived in Germany, yet yeah. his accent <laughs> gets more distilled as he gets older. Uh, just leaning heavy into the he, German. Yeah, but what's nuts is that my aunt, his sister... She has a very mild, sweet accent. I think it's just a testament to his personality, too. He is like this sort of stereotypical, like, I don't know, regimented, like, yeah. I don't want to say angry, but crabby, <laughs> complaining, <laughs> constant. Like, just, he wouldn't know what to do with himself if he couldn't complain. Just like, stereotypical German man. Yeah, he would <laughs> like, just wake exactly. up. But then also really playful at the same time. Yeah. So, like, yeah, he's, he's a nut. Well, you ended up basing a whole character off of him. Yeah, I wound up building a whole show around. I mean, not just a character, like a whole show. That's a thing. So Tim um, is the creator of Birthday Sex, celebrated off-off-off-Broadway production. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I'll, I'll cut an off-off there. I'll just give you you're just one off-Broadway. Ars yeah. Nova's a big old theater. Yeah, yeah, and Joe's Pub at the Public. Joe's Pub's a big old theater. Yeah. It's awesome. Where um, So you play your a version, you made it Mannheim, Hofspringer. Uh, Mannheim Tutlingen. Tutlingen, I knew that. Yeah, um, mm. my dad 
he is retired now, but he was an uh, electrical engineer. And on the side, he would also be a personal trainer um, and taught yoga and play tennis. He was like the most fit person alive. Uh Um, And one of his clients just could not get his name right. My dad's name is Manfred. And one of his clients just kept calling him Mannheim. And then I was like, oh, this is perfect because this is like masking your name, but close but enough still to the original. Homage, yeah. And Tutlingen is the name of the town that his like best friend, it was sort of like perfect strangers, but they both were Balky. Like they both came over from a foreign country together. What's Balky mean? Oh my God. You've never seen perfect strangers? I mean... No, oh I don't God. think so. All right. All right. It's for, you're too young, probably. I don't <laughs> I know. That, just no, didn't watch I just, those reruns. I just, it's like, I just missed the reruns. I watched a whole bunch of other 80s TV. So it's I like, just there's Perfect like, Strangers. there's a guy from a made up country called Mipos. And, <laughs> okay. and so it's by the actor Bronson Pinchot. I don't know if you know who that is. Nah, maybe um, my face. And so his like roommate is like the straight laced American who happens to be his cousin. And in my father's case, they both were too like, immigrants living together in an apartment so his name was klaus my dad's roommate and his town of origin was tutlingen um so i was like oh this is good these are two silly (laughs) german names that go together and here we go they really are so the whole premise of birthday sax is that you play Mannheim tutlingen a um singer from germany who's obsessed with 80s pop music yeah, and uh, you're coming over to have a birthday. Not only are you coming to have a, birth- a birthday, the <laughs> band you decided to hire was the um, Garden State Saxophone Quartet. That is correct. Yeah. So the whole musical is is Tim and his uh, maids. What do you call your 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 ladies? Uh, the Fräuleins. The Fräuleins. They're, they're I don't know. I I, I don't want to. Uh, I would say sidekicks, but elevated, elevated uh, sidekicks, par- partners in fun. Yeah, they're definitely your fun partner. partners in song and dance. Exactly, and um, but they, you guys, all came over to have a birthday party with your '80s songs and saxophone music. Yeah, I don't. I, the show originated, I think, for my actual birthday a few years ago. I was like, what would be my dream show? And I have no idea, like, uh, uh, not joking, I had a weird, like, that butterfly feeling in my stomach. Uh-huh. And I saw four women in my head originally, four women playing saxophones. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, that's perfect. And I was like, that's, that's a show. I was like, oh, wait, but... I know, and then I realized I went to high school with someone who is in his own saxophone quartet. So the Garden State Saxophone Quartet, they are their own band. Like yeah, they, no, they're, they're their own thing. Yeah, they perform at weddings and corporate events and whatever. I was like, wait a minute, I know a saxophone quartet. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, maybe the, it was a, a, a muddy sort of vision yeah. that you know the women were singing with the quartet. And I have it, to decipher this. Yeah, I was like, we'll have to, what is the message? Oh my God. Um, so then I was like, yeah, and then I'll, I'll play my dad and we'll cover <laughs> 1980 soundtrack songs and I'll be dressed as Ferris Bueller. It'll be crazy. Oh, my God. It's it's one of the funniest shows I've ever seen. And um, one of the things I love about it is now you sing all these, you know, hit 80s pop songs that now I can only hear in a German accent. <laughs> yes. Like you, the one is um, the theme song to Never Ending Story. I literally just sit at home, like with Laura, and I'll like look at her and go, "Never ending story." (laughs) (laughs) It's turn around. (laughs) I love it so much. It's also funny, like to 
play with like you, most of those original songs, like they're at least an octave up. And oh yeah. So then, like, you do, you when do I have to sing it, it's like a, the bass version of it. <laughs> like how do we make this the most serious, insane German version? Yeah. So I had the honor of being in one of the versions uh, of Birthday Sax. Crushed it. Crushed oh, it. Crushed first, my... That was the first lengthy version of it because the first time we did it was just, I thought it was a one-off show. Yeah. I was like, this is going to be on my birthday. It's called Birthday Sax slash I Want to Sex You Up was the original title. There Beautiful. was a slash in it. Beautiful. Um, as many sax puns as you can get yeah, I was in like, there. Let's get all the sax puns. <laughs> um, and then my director, uh, Wendy, was like, no, there's more to this. We need to do more. So then yeah. we applied to Antfest at Ars Nova. Again, we did like a 30-minute version. And then Ars Nova was like, you guys want to do a longer thing? And then yeah. I was like, oh, I have to write like a whole show. Yeah. So then Zach came in and played the cuckoo clock maker of our town. Yes, I did. <laughs> I, I had one great facial expression that was the whole thing uh, it was so good it was so good I that, feel that like was my artistic thing on it is i was just like here's a little me making a cuckoo clock with my face moment yeah hands in front of the face open and <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was great it was so fun oh it's such a fun fun show how did you pick your 80s songs in there and why why are you obsessed with the 80s where did this come from um yeah well i think i mean my, it's funny, my director, Wendy Saib, is she's 10 plus maybe years older. And so she's like grew up with all this stuff. Yeah. And I was like, well, I kind of grew up with it too, but just on reruns. And I just like always had a weird like, obsession. I feel with like it. we're the Nick at Night generation where I was just like, that was the only TV on past 8 p.m. is old 80s reruns. Oh, for stuff. sure. Yeah. Uh, well, also, I grew up, my mom wanted to shelter us as much as possible. So we did not have cable. So it was like, there were there like the local like channel 11 used to be called like i don't know wpix or something yep they would just rerun like cheesy 80s movies so i would like sit in my basement and like play with legos and <laughs> absorb all of this 80s pop culture and then i was like god i have just such a like nostalgia like heart palpitations oh, yeah. for all of these movies and music so then the songs that wound up going in are like songs that I legitimately love that I was like, yeah. like what are, what are the songs that I love the most? Uh, and I mean, most of, or I would say like half of them come from Ferris Bueller's day off, but half of them come from Ferris Bueller's day off. They almost all come from movies. Oh yeah. That's the thing. I think they're, every they're single all one comes from an eighties movie. Yeah. So that was like, we were trying to like laser in, like, what is it? I was like, they all have to be soundtrack songs from movies and we'll somehow figure out a way to bring them in together because we were like the 80s is too wide of a scope way so like, too wide you would not be able to like it, it's and also being soundtrack it really like since they are soundtrack they were poppier songs so everything kind of fit with the same rhythm and thing you were oh. doing like because you could have gone the other way you could have had like weird hair metal shit and whatnot and you know you oh. didn't thank, no yeah thank and the world so many of them like make no sense the songs like they're like these fun upbeat things but you're like what is this song really about like goonies are good enough like if you look at the <laughs> if you break down the lyrics and it's like here we are hanging on to strains of green and blues what <laughs> good enough <laughs> i can only hear all these songs <laughs> with german accents now oh my god um, are you still working on it? Please tell me you are because I still want this to have every if it, so you killed it and every time you do it it sells out 
it's awesome. But I was wondering, like, if you go into a bigger production, do you have issues with, like, licensing all that music and whatnot? Or is it considered parody and you can just do it? Uh, we're hoping the latter that <laughs> it is parody. Um, Cause I know that's a thing like, like you can pair it. You like the parody laws protect comedians specifically in order to use licensed music in a comedic way. Yeah. So uh, the thing is though, I, that's, I don't know if it's a gray area because we're not, we're not doing the weird owl thing. We're not changing any of the lyrics. No, we're exactly. just adding a very thick German accent. And I think that's what makes it a little on the gray side. So, yeah, we're like, I don't, I don't know yet. I'm just going to keep doing I it until you get a cease and desist. Yeah, we're like, but who's going to send it? Wayne Newton's going to send you a cease and desist letter. I know. I was like, uh, maybe if anything, it'll get us more attention. And then like, we're like, with special guest Huey Lewis in the news. Oh, my God. That would um, be so great. But, yeah, we're still we're still working on like it's become more of like an annual or biannual thing. Cause it totally. is kind of a big undertaking with like 14 people involved. Yeah. You know, no, it's a big cast. It's a big, you know, you have to get a whole saxophone quartet to show up. I know. And some, there's a lot of subs with that too. We're like the original quartet. It's like, Oh, so-and-so is going to be doing another gig. So-and-so yeah. it's like, there's usually always two are the same, especially like our soprano sax. He's like the band leader, Miguel. Yeah. Um, he's always there, but, it's been a revolving door of saxophones. Well, same and with characters, because I only did it the one time. And so you've had different village members. Frau <laughs> lines have switched up. Yeah, yeah. And all that stuff. So you were actually, so one of your Frau lines, you mentioned her earlier, Katie Sexton. You actually met doing my music video. I know. <laughs> so thank you. Yeah. You guys were perfect. So um, so the Dreamstocks, we did a music video um, for our hit Christmas song, Santa's Not Real. Oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, so good. And... It was one of those things where we already wanted you and Katie to be involved, but we were going to have you like play random. There's a ton of random characters. There's like an army of, of randoms in it. So we wanted you to have, be involved and be in that. And then right before, like, I mean a month before, but still in, in the video making world, that's like right before. <laughs> We'd already had everything set. We started booking people, getting locations and stuff. Our producers came up to us and said, we do not feel comfortable with you casting children in this song oh. because the whole song is telling children Santa's not real yeah. and we don't feel comfortable doing that to which we actually got in a fight with them. We're just like, listen, stage moms are terrible. Um, they need to learn. <laughs> they need to, They're going to learn. No, no. But like stage moms have no problem ruining their kids lives, which is like fucked up of us. But I was just like, eh, it doesn't matter. Like the, the parents will sign off on it. We're not going to not do it. But they like put their foot down and like, we really don't feel comfortable doing this. And Karen and I are panicking because that destroys our entire idea for the, for the video. We're like, fuck, what do we do? And then like a light bulb, I was just like, I'm going to get Tim Gerbach to play a child. <laughs> and then after that, we called Katie and we're just like, perfect. They're going to be the children in this. Uh, typecast again. I know. Oh, but it was it was pretty great. You played a very innocent little boy whose yeah. dreams were being crushed. Uh, no, it was it was delightful. I we had just so much fun. It was no, we got to play and uh, it was so great. And and like every indie video, there's like a whole bunch of things on the script we didn't cover. We didn't do anything. So we're like, let's just okay, we're making shit up now. There's one whole scene where we just planned the day wrong and lost light entirely. No. So there was just you were there. It was when we I got don't remember. to when we were at Central Park and we were just in the dark at the skating rink because yeah. we're just like we fucked up. We did not plan this correctly. Like, it's dark now. Okay. 
We should have done the interior stuff. We should have reversed it, but... But we were getting locations for free. (laughs) They were not going to cut into business hours for us. Uh, Ugh. Ugh, production. So you guys do. I mean, so I met you guys doing Squirm and Germ. Um, which we we can play a squirm. Let's play a squirm and germ song. Oh, oh, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Um, oh, actually, no, I'm not gonna introduce that right now. Give me a second. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. we'll do that in a little bit. Such a tease. It's such a tease. <laughs> well, this will culminate. I usually put the songs towards the end, so let's do that. Cool. Remind me to reintroduce the song right. that we have to pick. Which which one? I think Maine. Maine is my yeah, favorite Maine. one. Maine mofo. So right now I'm listening to this uh, rapper. His name is Spose. I like him a lot. He's really, really f- good and really, really funny. But his whole thing is that he's from Maine. So <gasps> all of his songs are about Maine. What? Not all of them, but like way more than should be. Oh, man. And I was like, oh, I need him to know who you guys are. Yeah. And I gotta, just send him the I'm video. I'm going to just start tweeting at him. You should right now. It just I have feel to like, leave. yo, you need an opening act. We're gonna do this one song every single time. That's it. That's I mean, it starts. he's he names all of it, and he's really like he has a song called "The King of Maine," and like what? <laughs> he mentions that he's from Maine in every single song. <sighs> it's so great. Which I also was one of the reasons I think your song. Um, is it just called the main song? Uh, it's main motherfucker. Main comma mofo. Mofo. I was gonna say. I was like, how is it? How is it listed on the YouTube's? Yeah. Um. It was. I, it was it's funny to me. I'm like, because this is what it would be like. Because you know, rappers love to rep where they're from, and where your guys, even though you're just vacationing there in the song, I'm like, this is what it would be like if a rapper was from somewhere like Maine and had to like rep it. Uh, and then yeah. I found a guy doing it. It's but, <laughs> that is surreal. It is surreal. Uh, but I love Maine so much. Oh my god, I love the state of did Maine. Did you guys go to Maine to film it, or did you just like pick places that really looked like Maine? Yeah, we did <laughs> not go to. We didn't have the budget to go to Maine. I was gonna say. I was. I mean, it's it's pricey. We lucked out with a lot of green screen, and we then we went to Long Beach Island in New Jersey yet again. Beautiful, but New to Jersey. Uh, one of my good friends, her family has this beautiful house, and it looks very New Englandy. So we were like, let's get a bicycle built for two. We bought an entire table of lobster, like full lobsters for six oh, people. Yeah. That I was like. Why didn't we just buy one lobster <laughs> and share it? We had to have the whole table. No, of everyone lobsters. has lobster. That's a lot. That's a lot of money oh, on lobster. So beautiful though. It's like your whole budget was just blown on lobster. Like just lobsters that no one is really going to eat. Like it was the saddest. Oh, I feel. Uh, I still regret buying all of those lobsters, <laughs> but they were so beautiful. Like just to see a full lobster in front of you. I don't know. Exactly. It's very mean. I, I don't know how to eat it though. I, that's in the song. I still don't know. I'm like, don't know I can't how to crack this correctly. It's too much work. One time, um, a friend of ours opened a restaurant and it was great. And, um, it's sadly not there anymore, but that wasn't because of him. He opened up a restaurant in a yacht club and like the deal with the yacht club was that it was the restaurant was open to the public and he could do that. And then one day they just came to him and they're like, Hey, we don't want this to be open to the public anymore. We want you to just make us food. What? And he was like, what? No. Just for the yacht club. <laughs> just for the yacht club. And they're like, and we only want like hamburgers and fries and stuff. And he was making like duck confit and stuff. He's like, no, no, what? I'm not doing that. But anyway, he had the hardest lobster in the entire. He, my brother ordered lobster. 
it showed up and um, we broke three of the nutcracker things <laughs> trying to open it. And we just like, we called Dan out there and we're like, buddy, we don't know how to get into this. This is the hardest lobster we've ever had. And he goes, oh, I'll get it for you. I'll take it out the shell. And he just goes away and he's gone for like a while. And we're like, the rest of us are eating and just looking at Jake. We're like, I don't know what to tell you. And then we just hear like fucking like bang, like just someone going to fucking town. And then like the the flip door of the kitchen swings open for a second. And we just see Dan, who's a big muscly dude, just full strength, like the hammer of a Festus, like just, just wailing with a hammer, with a metal hammer on this thing, not knowing how to get it open. And finally, like 20 minutes later, he just shows up with just lobster meat. And he's like, I did it. <laughs> oh, just, my God. I would have just been like, I'll get you another one. But we didn't know why. I'm like, well, this was like a mutant lobster who would like just, it was strong. It didn't want to go. Wow. <laughs> oh, God. Poor lobster. Um, so tell me, Squareman Germ, how did you guys get started? How did how did you, you become a, a, a rapping comedy band? <laughs> We we met actually Second City uh, had uh, just classes here in New York. Um, so I was like, cool, like, who are the people that I love? So I was like the second I graduated college. I was like, who do I love? What, what did they do? And then I was like, oh, Second City. Oh, when wait. did Second City do New York stuff? This was like maybe 10 years ago, I would That's say. That's awesome. Um, I would have totally done that. But they, it was like as soon as they were here, they left because I think it was just sort of they would rent spaces. I did their five levels. They probably got pushed out also by like UCB and Pitt were probably just like, hmm, you're kind of encroaching. Yeah, and they didn't have their own theater, like which is weird. It probably yeah. would have made sense if they had a New York theater. It would probably yeah. be thriving. But then it wouldn't be Second City. It was named Second yeah, City because like, it wasn't in New York. City. Uh, first City, Second City. Yeah. Second City, First City. Yeah, they're like, well, we, we did it in reverse. Because so. that's the reason they never named Second City, right? Yeah. The Second City start in... Chicago or Toronto? Chicago. Chicago I, first and then Toronto. I believe so. Um, We're going to say that. Well, yes. We're going uh, with that answer. But uh, yeah, so we we weren't in classes together, but we had a mutual teacher who then, after the Second City sort of disbanded in New York, our teacher and one of his students, she kind of gathered five or six of us to be in a sketch group. So we were in that for a little while, and towards the tail end of it, we were like, Rodney in a rehearsal said something to me. He's like, "Hey man, you ever you ever rock the neti pot?" And I was like, <laughs> "I was like, that sounds like a song." That I was like, "The way you just said that sounds like a song." So then I was like, "Let's write a let's write a whole like rap about that because it's such a like bizarre, unique topic." Uh, so we wrote that song at the, and it was like the tail end of that group. I think we all were getting kind of like. A little, you know, bored with it, and yeah. every, people wanted to do their own thing. The amount of groups I've been involved in that were going to take over the world, and a month later, we all got bored. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was like, all of them. Yeah, I was like, this is way more fun. Like, we get yeah. to create our own songs and whatever. So we we pieced together that song with a really cool, uh, like one of the girls in our group, Mary Archbold, her husband Pat Shea helped us sort of unlock the door of garage band and we were like oh, oh this is how it works i know so then from there i we feel like, like once you learn one recording system you also can't learn another like oh. i use like right now we're recording on ableton live oh. which is not meant for this it is meant for like djs to like loop songs together and remix stuff and it's like meant to be used live and all this stuff so i'm using too much technology <laughs> to just <laughs> listen to you and me talk <laughs> 
Okay, we'll we'll remix this. And because it's supposed to be every now and then, like because it's supposed to be um like for songs, not for talking for an hour and a half. When I try to like render stuff, it's just like, what? No, why did you record so long? You did not need to do anything. Uh so GarageBand was the first you learned. <laughs> yeah, probably so now a, only no. Yeah, when I look at other things I'm like I don't understand how yeah. this works. Yeah. Um but yeah. Same so. with me. I chose the hardest one and now when they give me an easy thing like GarageBand, I'm like, I don't know what to do here. <laughs> Even like newer versions of Garage band i'm like wait where's my where's my weird little tab uh, that i'm so used to uh, uh, where's the limited technology that i love yeah oh, love limited technology i know you know it's change is hard when i wanted to be a singer songwriter in my youth um i recorded on tape that was my uh, first ep we recorded on tape wow and then he transferred it to digital it was like a weird backwards ass thing like we recorded on tape but then it was still already the future so we had to like <laughs> so we had to then record it on to because at that time people still bought cds i was like i need to make cds out of this oh yeah so we yeah. we then transferred it into a digital format well i'm sure you guys uh like many comedy bands you probably have a lot of leftover Horrible cds mistake. well that's why at our farewell show um we just put a bunch on all the tables and we're like everyone take these with you and they're like what for free or like yeah for free you're like you can't play i i no longer have a cd player like uh. i have no someone like um you know friends and bands it's the same thing most of them don't do cds anymore and i just like i donated to my friends um like indiegogo kickstarter whatever thing for their album and then um it then showed up because I had, and I was like, oh, I can't play this anymore. <laughs> I have no idea. You guys on Spotify, oh, so you sad. are good <laughs> because that's the only way I can do this. Yeah, I, I'm lucky. I have like a weird. It's one of those like it looks like an old timey like 1940s record player, but it <laughs> it has a record player, a CD player, a tape player, and if you like. You can convert things into MP3 from oh, it, too. So well, that's pretty awesome. I haven't done any of those things. You just reminded me that I think Laura's record player has a CD player. So I'm like, oh. maybe I do have an ability to do this. Yeah. That'll be good. That'll be good. You know, the, the quality of the sound is so much better than streaming. You know, I, don't know. I don't know. People always say that. There was an episode of um, <laughs> Everybody Loves Raymond where uh, Raymond kept trying to get a song that Peter Boyle loved and Peter Boyle kept getting mad and he got it like on CD and he like got mad and broke the CD and the whole thing at the end is he found an LP of it and he's like ah oh, now this is music and uh, I was just like everybody loves Raymond I think this nostalgia is too late for even now <laughs> like, yeah yeah it's it's a dead art but now LPs are back they are like very much so I mean I think it's the only because now it's like if you are gonna physically buy someone's music you buy an LP for it yeah it better be the most beautiful packaged large mm -hmm. piece of art and that's the thing it's just art and then mm -hmm. even the LP will come with a download card <laughs> so you can download the mp3 afterwards yeah. we know you're not actually going to listen to this you're gonna oh. frame it in your bathroom oh, oh cool. man so your guys' first song was the Neti Pot thing, yeah. which I saw you guys. I remember what the first time I saw you perform, you didn't do Neti Pot, but 
you event I I eventually saw that and it's the funniest and grossest thing I've ever seen done on stage. Yeah, we we really do we really netty potted if that's the correct uh, verb of netty pied. We netty pied. <laughs> yeah. We netty pied on the stage. Exactly. Um, yeah, and that's always interesting. Uh, and do you ever surprise. get like a good amount to come out? Do you ever netty pot and you're like, oh wow? I luckily I feel like. I've cleared out my system before we do the sh- the show, and we know that that song will be in the set. So you do a trial nutty pot first. Yeah, there there won't be like a surprise oh. um, on stage. But then there's always like it's just like there's still excess liquid from like their saline solution that will like hours after the show, or <laughs> if I like move my head in a different direction, I'm like, oh, sorry, I'm just leaking right now. <laughs> Uh, we did a show once, I think it was at, uh, the knitting factory in Brooklyn and Rodney was always the one in charge of the saline solution. <laughs> he was, cause he was the one that was like really, I think he still like does the neti pot daily or at least every He's other day. He's a big day. proponent. He's a healthy ass dude. And every now and then I like forget, I like, I always forget that. And then I'll look on like Instagram or something and be like, oh, he just did an Ironman today. <laughs> You're oh, yeah. like, oh, okay. He's like, I ran a marathon and I'm drinking chia seeds oh, every, every meal. Crazy healthy. Uh, he forgot the regular saline. He's like, oh, I can just put this rock salt in the water and that should be fine. It burned so badly. <laughs> we both were like, wow, we'll never do that again. It hurts even without like without with like regular water i one time just filled it with tap water and tried to use a neti pot and i like thought my face was on fire yeah which you think you know you should be oh hello oh first time caller long time listener (laughs) no i don't even know if that comes through but it comes through in our headphones i always get notifications from windows they're like it's so it's derek harani's birthday oh happy birthday derek (laughs) i know wherever you are I think New Jersey, but maybe Manhattan. I don't actually don't know where he lives. We worked on a film together in New Jersey. That's how I know him. Oh. Yeah, he DP'd a small film I did. But hey, thanks, Derek, for interrupting to tell us it's your birthday. Uh, <laughs> we'll put that sound effect in and post. <laughs> yeah, uh, if it didn't show up, I went... Oh, man, a Windows sound. Wow, I just realized that you have a, a, a <laughs> Windows laptop. I'm a Windows guy. Wow. It's the same with the GarageBand thing we we're talking about. I think what you learn how to use first is you're just like, and my dad had like an IBM Windows computer that our first computer didn't have a mouse, so it made me feel real special. Wow. My dad was like a nerd, I guess, but like, so, the you know the kind of computer where you literally had to type every every command had to be typed uh, and you'd do those like those games where you'd be like get lamp do this uh, yeah oh yeah <laughs> it was awesome watching um netflix watching uh, bandersnatch have you done bandersnatch yet i haven't done it yet it's pretty fucking cool but that's the kind of computer they use and i'm just like oh this is fun like get lamp do this worship devil do <laughs> it's so much work it's a lot of work and worship (laughs) (laughs) you gotta do that sometimes um and they had these like the floppy disks where they were actually like the reason they're called floppy disks not the not the disks we grew up with not the three and a half the floppy disk fucking like eight inch thing that was like it was just like an eight inch wide sheet of plastic that you just shove into the computer and then that would (laughs) let me play the fisher price game that i was really bad at Uh. there was a fisher price game um, where yeah, you just had to pick up kids <laughs> to go to school <laughs> on your bus. <laughs> this they game was called Child Molester. <laughs> but it was hard to find all the kids. Like it was just 
<laughs> it was weird, wow. man. Wow, it they really weird. made you work for it. Yeah. And like, you know, as a, as a youngin, I was like getting, I would get real frustrated. I was like, this map is too hard. <laughs> oh, man. That reminds me of, there used to be this a really amazing, terrible uh, karaoke place called Winnie's. Uh, Winnie's? In Chinatown, where they, they had laser discs as oh, the tracks. Beautiful. And so most of them were scratched. So like oh. you, <laughs> you'd put in whatever song you wanted and then they'd call you up and then they'd try to put it in and then <laughs> it just wouldn't play and you'd be standing there and they would take out this like gold giant record that was the, one of the laser discs and they're like, nope, gold finger doesn't work. We're going to try this one. <laughs> How about this song? I don't know this song. Oh, it's okay. The words are on the board. They're like, you're just, fine. Just roll with it because we only have three laser discs that that work properly. My favorite karaoke bar in the world is called um, uh, Black Cat Cafe. It's in New Orleans. It's the only... They they advertise themselves as the only karaoke bar in New Orleans. Oh. Um, I don't know if that's true, but that's the way they tell you it. And their karaoke book is two and a half pages long. <laughs> so it's like 42 songs, and they're like, pick one. Oh, man. And it's great. And like... They're the they're the best and the worst. One of them uh, is American Pie, which, for if you don't know, um, you're like, oh, I know that melody. I'm gonna do that karaoke song, and no one tells you it's eleven fucking. I was like, long. that song is so long. It's so long. It's awkward. It's real awkward. People are into it for the first three minutes, and then they're like, oh man, this is the longest song we've like, ever heard in your life. Like, can we just fade this, fade this one out? No. Yeah, they they fade you out. It's fine. That also, the black cat also does three for one drinks. Oh, um, so no wonder it's your favorite. It's karaoke very place. cheap, and so the way they do the three for one is if you want a beer, you're like, I'll have one beer, like Miller, please, and she just cracks open three bottles and just goes, Poof, and I'm just like, uh oh. And then she'll be like, $3. And you're like, oh, oh, this is crazy. And if you get a mixed drink, they give it to you in like a 7-Eleven big gulp. And they just put all, and you get like a 42-ounce just thing of like Jack and Coke. And you're like, <laughs> oh, my God. It's dangerous. Yeah. It is really dangerous. Sounds delicious. And wonderful. Delicious yeah. and dangerous. Sponsored by the Black Hat. Uh, sponsored by, I, I wish. I would be the best sponsor in the world. Be like, we're going to add six more songs to our playlist just for Zach. Uh, so good. It's pretty fantastic. Um, so speaking of, so have you been to New Orleans? Because you guys actually tour. Karen and I went to Philly and Boston. We've gone all of three hours away. You guys actually go places. We, yeah, we haven't been to New Orleans yet. We, I, the closest we've been would be Austin, Texas, but... That says like I don't know. That's well, as oh, New Orleansy. Is. Yeah, I, I don't know, we haven't haven't we've done like a little down the coast, like the the eastern. Because I know you guys go to Charlotte every year. Is it Charlotte? Or Charleston. 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 Yeah, so we've done Charleston a bunch. They're like the nicest human beings alive. Everyone says that Charleston is like the best comedy, a musical comedy audience for some reason. Yeah, because I know reformed whores go there all the time, and they're they're, like, they're the reason why we started going to Charleston. Like they put us in touch directly and like spoke on our behalf they were like we've done this festival like eight times you need to have these guys come down and do it too and yeah they like put us in touch with the people at theater 99 in charleston it is it's so great because they do they run an improv theater all year long so like almost every night of the week they're doing improv shows and then they have this amazing festival where it's like oh 
Hannibal Burris is the headliner. Uh, Bridget Everett. Uh, I don't even. It's just John Mulaney was there one year. So it's just like <laughs> it's it's like this amazing little gem of a city and and comedy festival uh, every year. And they do one like twice a year too. They do one in the in like January and one in the spring called like the Piccolo Fringe. Yeah. Um, it's so it's so interesting how different comedy audiences are from city to city you go to. Like when we went to Philly, they're the rowdiest people, but they fucking love everything, like no matter what. Yeah. And then we went to like Boston, and they don't love anything. <laughs> <laughs> they like were so like arms crossed, staring at us like the uh, whole time, which is fun because like I feel like is uh, me doing musical. Uh, like us doing musical comedy, we don't get the same responses. Of, like we don't get heckled as much because you can try to throw out a heckle, but you're in the middle of a song. The song's still going. There's really nothing for you to do. Yeah. It's, um, it's too loud. The, the, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's the good thing about it. We used to do shows at this hostel uh, in Harlem. What? That <laughs> <laughs> a friend of ours. Who's uh, booking the hostel? So there were two stand-up comedians that like found this hostel that wanted events, and they would host us all the time, but it was such a crapshoot of like what the crowd would be. Sometimes would it, they speak English? <laughs> like, one of the nights as a hostel, it's just all tourists. One of my favorite nights was it was all Korean tourists. <laughs> and so like the stand-up comedians that went up were just like, it was just talking to like dead air. And one of the guys kept saying like, right, Korea, right, right. And they would, they were just staring blankly. <laughs> like, I'm, so like, at least when we went up, they were like giggling. Cause there's just like, Oh, two idiot white people that are like doing a lot of pelvic thrusting and yeah. like, Ooh, they dancing. Oh, they're dancing. And there's a beat. Exactly. So like, there was at least something to like get the energy going, but like stand up to people that don't speak English was comedy gold. Oh my God. I stand up scares me so much. I love it. I love watching stand up. I always wanted to do it. And I did in college three times, maybe four times, mm -hmm. three or four times. Mm -hmm. And I did well. Uh, me and my buddy Mike Brelsford had an act, quotation fingers, oh. <laughs> that you would call it, which was literally, you know, being 19 years old and thinking you're funny, we're like, hey, when we talk to each other, it's hilarious. <laughs> Let's do, we were ahead of podcasts. So that's the thing. Oh. I feel like we would have killed it in podcasting uh. because all we did was just talk and it was, to us, it was funny. So we did this <laughs> thing where we just went on stage and would have conversations and like the audience would love it. They'd be like, this is funny. We didn't even know what we were, you know, we just start bullshitting and start talking. Uh. And then one night uh, we went up and neither of us had anything to say. <laughs> like we were just <laughs> both kind of tired and we're just like, ah, and then we just stood and it got to the point where we like started like, just there was a lot of dead pauses and like a lot of dead air and a lot of just staring at each other. And then people started getting mad and heckling and people were just like yelling out from Get the audience. The, the worst part was we were still at the stage where we were performing for people who knew us. It was still like other people like from high school and from college. So we're getting heckled by people we're like friends with. <laughs> Your <laughs> just, friends are like just people that like we know like I just remember like the class president of my high school just being like, You guys fucking suck stop wasting my time <laughs> just leave already and then a couple other friends like trying to shout suggestions they're like do the story where you got fired from the ice cream shop 
it was it was not so after that i was like well that is the worst pain i've ever felt internally uh i guess we're i don't do stand-up anymore yeah i don't know how people i i mean it's one of those things yeah i feel like i've wanted to do maybe but i because you do it all i mean you do type of it you do characters so i feel like with with doing characters because besides doing squirm and germ and Mannheim Tutlingen, you have a wide array of characters that you can whip out at any chance. But I feel like when you're doing that, like I'd feel safer doing characters oh, too. Because sure. when like if they don't like it, you're like, oh, okay, you don't like this character, not a big deal. But when you do stand up comedy and they don't like it, you're like, oh, they don't like who I am. You my hate soul. my worldview. <laughs> you hate who I am. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh my god yeah there's something more fun or i don't know when you're a character it's a mask i exactly. mean i mean there are a lot of stand-ups that are you know kind of putting Complete on a persona mask. too you ever heard gilbert godfrey not on stage talk he doesn't sound that bad i mean he's still uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's still a little crazy i remember seeing this big video of their like Gilbert Godfrey not using his stage voice for the first time. I'm like, oh, he's going to sound like James Earl Jones. This is going to be amazing. <laughs> and he sounded just like a quieter Gilbert Godfrey. Yeah. It's just less yelling. And I was like, oh, this isn't the magic I was this hoping for. This isn't the for. reveal I was hoping for. He went from being like, you know, Jafar, Aladdin's going to do it. So like, yeah, I'll have a coffee. And you're like, oh, that's. That that's uh, why I don't do impressions. <laughs> just I, it sounded really good to me. And I feel like the word Jafar sounded good, and it I, fell off from there. The second you said that, I just pictured the bird, so I knew. I was like, there it is. Good old Iago, which is a little bit of like Shakespearean drama thrown into Aladdin. Uh, you know, it's beautiful, beautiful performance. It was beautiful. Beautiful performance. When you're developing voice. a character, so again, as you just, we just saw me fall flat trying to do my fake Gilbert Godfrey. <laughs> this is why I can't do characters either. Um, when, when you're devel- how do you choose when you start doing a new character? For example, let's take an example. You have uh, the the nursing home attendant singing "Lonely Old Woman." Yes. <laughs> <laughs> how did that come to be? That was uh, that was kind of like luck. Uh, I I did a show at the pit with two of my friends, uh, Jen Dodd and Jen Tullock, and they were doing like a character showcase, and somehow they wrangled me in to do it with them. And then we decided like we really were gelling, so we wrote a show of like a bunch of just random sketches. And Jen Tullock wrote this insane sketch with a character named Jeffrey Joseph, and she's like, he's kind of flamboyant. I don't really know whatever, and I was just like. I just feel like I understand who this character is. And like, the more, <laughs> you're like, can I take him from you? Yeah. And the more we would like read the scene and it had nothing to do with the nursing home. It was just sort yeah. of like, I forget what the premise of that one was. It was like, we were preventing some woman. Oh, I think we worked at like a, a store and she, her character was like trying to steal from us and we were really religious. I don't know. <laughs> we kept closing our eyes to pray and she would steal stuff. Um, but I was like, I love this character. And then, I don't know why I had known about this other thing, the Lonely Old Woman song, that I was like, I, that's that's the song for that character. Like, he has to lip sync this song. Um, the most ridiculous, over-the-top, almost church song, but it's just her being sad and alone, and there's more runs in that song and random things. And it's the most insane song I think I've ever heard. <laughs> and because also, on top of it, she's an amazing singer, but it's yeah. just sort of like, what is it's this? Like, why are you doing all of this? What is the song? And the woman that sang that, I think, was a legitimate gospel singer and like was a minister. 
Um, so they were like, just do whatever you want, Lucretia. Do you just sing there? Here's the rough idea <laughs> of the song. So yeah, I don't know. I just felt like that character connected to it, but I, it's, it's so random. I feel like it's just sort of like there's certain ideas for a character that I'm like, what would that be like? And then like, how do I play with the voice or the physicality or whatever? Um, so yeah, I don't know. So it was pretty great. Thanks. And then you also do, um, you've recently been working on Kristen Wiig doing stuff. Yeah. Um, what even is that? So, because <laughs> <laughs> I remember you were telling me, you were like, yeah, I'm working on this. You know, I was like, because you did a character showcase. I'm like, what'd you do? And he names off a bunch of characters, and you're like, yeah, Kristen Wiig reading something. And I was like, what? Yeah, it started with um, you. Well, do you know Adam Hamway? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Adam hosts uh, a Jimmy Fallon's like parody version of the show at the pit. Mm -hmm. And so I've been a guest a bunch of times and he's like, what if, what if you come on and you're Larry bird? And I was like, why? Because I'm white. Like, yeah. Well, how <laughs> I was like, is I'm blonde and white. I was like, I don't really know much about Larry bird. Larry bird is also two feet taller than I am. Yeah. So I was like, I'm not sure what I would do. I was like, what if I'm like, Kristen? he just wants you in green short shorts. Yeah. He's like, you kind of resemble him in a vague way that I was like, mm, sure. In a blonde um, way. That's yeah. it. So I was like, uh, what if I'm like Kristen Wiig as Larry Bird, the same way that she does on Fallon, where she'll play like Peyton Manning. But or, she won't know anything about the person. Yeah. She's or doing. Michael Jordan. So yeah. I was like, this is great because like I have very limited knowledge of Larry Bird, but I'll be her as Larry Bird. <laughs> so that's sort of where it started. So then I did this character showcase at UCB where they were like, you have to do seven minutes of characters. And I was like. I'll just throw in Kristen Wiig. And I have no idea where this idea came from was Kristen Wiig auditioning for the role of Mary Todd Lincoln. <laughs> um, so it's just like a lot of like, um, Hey, Hey, I'm so sorry. Sorry. I'm late. Um, I don't, I don't, um, and like, Abe, what are you doing? Why don't you, why don't you take off that top hat and stay a while? Uh, oh my God. Remember when my name was Mary Todd, whatever my last name was, what's so crazy. <laughs> So it's just like a lot of like shoulders and like, I don't know, it's a lot of like, like she just kind of fades into a little person. And disappears. <laughs> oh my God. I love that. Oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm in awe of people who can just do that. Do you like do voices and whatnot when you were a kid? I think so. Well, I think again, it, it all comes back to my dad because like yeah. he never taught us German. He barely Which tried. Also, what the fuck? I know. It's such a fucking like I, that is one of my largest, I wouldn't say it's a regret because I didn't have any like say in this. It's one of your large uh, uh, disappointments. Yeah. Oh God. It, like, I'm like, we had this resource and he didn't, he oh didn't, yeah. He didn't deliver. Well, before my grandfather died, I like, or right after my grandfather died, I found out that he like spoke Slovak fluently. And I was just like, what? He spoke Slovak this whole time? And they're like, yeah, his mother didn't speak English. And I was like, what? Oh, God. <laughs> I could have been known. I don't even know where I would use Slovak besides Slovakia, but it'd be fun to know. It'd be such a great special skill. Yeah, exactly. Um, I would be doing Slovak gangster movies like crazy uh, right be, now. Oh, God. It's never too late. It's never but German too late. is a very widely used language. It could be a really useful tool. So instead of learning German, I just learned how to make fun of his accent. <laughs> and so then from then, I think I just loved doing voices and yeah. like... And then in high school, I did a lot of forensics, which is like... Uh, oh, this the the reading, the like the speech-giving competition? In yeah, a way? yeah, it's like there's so many variations of it, but like 
what our high school really focused on was like the competitive acting side of it, but where like you would do, th- there were eight categories. So we had like a wide range of things. Like if you want to do a serious speech yeah. from a famous person, you could write your own speech. Uh, but the category that I was drawn to, of course, was called humorous interpretation. So you could choose five to 10 minutes from a play, book, or film and cut it down so it sort of like tells the whole story or is a scene, but you're all of the characters talking to yourself. So it's like this really technical thing oh where, you, where you have to do like transitions and whatever. Um, Josh Gad is like a famous forensics Winner. alumnus. He won like every national competition ever. Um, really? And uh, not to toot my own horn, but we were in a final round together at a Harvard competition. He took first place. <laughs> <laughs> But I was like, hey, I made it. You won. I was like, I made it to a final round. Hell that's yeah, great. that's awesome. Yeah. Um, do you know the writer David Sedaris? Oh yeah, I love David. He's my favorite. Oh yeah, he dedicates. He like writes about forensics in one of his chapters. He, he writes a whole. He writes like seven short stories. He's like for because, you to perform. Yeah, he does this whole thing where he's like, I found out a lot. Of, there's this competition called forensics, and I found out a lot of people were like reading my stories, and he goes, and it made me sad because I feel like it doesn't sound good out loud. So. I wrote seven short stories yeah. specifically for people to deliver in forensics competitions. So many people, yeah. Oh, and know. I bet he helps so many. But they're like really weird. Like one of them I remember was uh, from the perspective of this older gentleman who was very upset that gay marriage was just legalized. So he decided that his li- his um, marriage was invalid. So he wasn't married anymore. <laughs> and then he decided, he goes, well, if this isn't it, then murder's totally fine. And he just like murders his whole family. And he's like, just like, cause there's no rules anymore. Now that the gays are getting married. It's the funniest. Like here, 16 year old in a competition, do this. I feel like David Sedaris thought like, as he's writing them, he's like, I'm going to do things for friends at competition. But then he's like, I also think this would be hilarious to see a 16 year old give this speech. He's like, this one's for me. Exactly. Does one where he's like giving a eulogy, uh, where the pastor's shaming the congregation for not giving enough money during someone's eulogy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, it's beautiful. Did you go to college? (laughs) Did you go to college? Hey, hey, is there a subtler way to smooth transition? (laughs) Smooth transition. I did go to college. Where'd you go? I went to Rutgers in New Jersey. Oh shit, you went to Rutgers. I, um, when I was a, a child. And I found out that um, uh, college sports were a thing. I decided I was a Rutgers fan. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, my fifth grade teacher was a giant like college basketball. She was a giant UConn fan, as mo- the whole state of Connecticut is. Um, and they were like, she was like making people. Ch- she turned it into like a math problem with the brackets. She basically made us do her brackets. I think she made money. Oh. <laughs> and we had to do it. And I remember I chose Rutgers to go all the way. And they didn't win. But uh. I thought I literally chose them because I'm like, I don't want to be the Huskies. I don't want to be the Wildcats. The Crimson Knights. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm a Rutgers. Scarlet Knights. Scarlet Knights. Thank you. I was like, I'm definitely a Rutgers fan. That's a way better name. Yeah. Yeah, I went to well. Originally, I went to Wagner College, which is in a Staten very, Island. Yeah, a very small school. I know a bunch of people who went to. Yeah. Wa- I think I know everyone who went to Wagner because it's a small enough school yeah. that I think I know the whole. There's like fifty people. Everyone who's ever graduated from Wagner. Yeah, I went there for musical theater, and I was like, nope, not for me. Um, and then me neither. Then I was like, let me. I'll go back to my home state, and I really. Well, Rutgers is a good place to choose for your home state. Like, yeah, you could have gone to. 
I mean, I don't know. I don't. I know Rutgers and Princeton. That's the end of my sad university. Is there a New Jersey State? <laughs> is there? A, there is. Well, there is a University of New Jersey. There's the College of New Jersey, TCNJ. Okay. And then there's also, but that's also a good school. Um, there's also Kane, which is like another state school. But it's not like. Because I feel like every other state has like the University of Connecticut, the University of Massachusetts. Yeah, I don't there's think there's a University of New Jersey. No, I think Rutgers technically is the I think, state No, it university. is. It's like the state school. But, but um, do you yeah. think they floated the idea of University of New Jersey and they were like, no one's going to accept our degrees. Like, <laughs> UNJ? Let's call it TCNJ. What? Sure. Oh. Is it the Technical College of New Jersey? Is that Just why? the college. <laughs> 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 they the, add the T for the word the? Yeah, the College of New Jersey. Nice. TCNJ. Good, good job, New Jersey. <laughs> or technical, if you want. That's sure. A, that makes more sense, but, you know, it's New Jersey at the same time. Why do people dump on New Jersey so hard? I think they're jealous. Um, of what? Your horrible amount, road system? The, the, that it's the most uh, densely populated state in the country. It is. The traffic. Um, I don't know. I I, I I don't know. I think because people know like the crappiest parts of it based on their like transportation. So like when you drive on the turnpike, you go through a very smelly area. Um, Real smelly. There's like, you know, the airport, but there are, you know, there's lovely areas. Also Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep is from New Jersey. Jack Nicholson, Danny DeVito. Bruce Springsteen. Bruce Springsteen, bon, Bruce all of Bon Jovi, all of Bon Jovi, Bruce Willis. I don't know if he is. I don't I don't know know he his name is also Bruce. But, uh, uh, I think he Channing is. Tatum. Uh, Wait, no, no, no I don't. No. We don't want to claim him. I don't know who you want to. <laughs> Pierce Brosnan from New Jersey. What? Oh, I know God. all these things you didn't know. I just wonder why that's a thing. So Connecticut has its, because I'm from Connecticut, and we have our weird. Sorry, stop bragging. I know. Well, no, <laughs> but that's the thing. I say I'm from Connecticut, and everyone automatically goes, mah, mah, turn the nose up. And I'm just like, but why? I don't know. Like, and then I found, it, I didn't know until I was like older that, you know, Connecticut has a whole bunch of rich towns. I didn't live in one of them, so I didn't really know about it. Yeah. And the thing about Connecticut is you don't leave, There's a t- this is your house. There's a 10 mile radius around your house. That's everything you know in the world. You don't like go outside of it. So I had like, no, I don't know. I had no friends from any other part of Connecticut. Like someone would be like, oh, do you know my friend? He's from Hartford. And I was like, I have no idea who he is. And they're like, but you know, where'd you from? It's like, oh, I lived in Stratford. It's like Hartford's 45 minutes away. I said, yeah, it's 45 minutes away. Yeah. I I don't know how you think I'm going to know that person. That's a, New Jersey is a lot like that too. There's so many towns and cities that I it, think the Northeast in general is densely populated enough. Like I was just met a, um, I worked with a model recently um, where she was from Atlanta, and I was like, oh, my wife's from Georgia, and she went, oh, what's her name? I might know her, and I went, no, you don't. <laughs> what? I was like, she's from Macon. She goes, oh yeah, Macon's only like an hour south of Atlanta, and I said. Yeah. What? Why would you know her? You don't. You She's, don't know her. I travel there all the time. Exactly. I'm like, hey, just pre- stop pretending. No. I think that's also just a Southern thing. I'm like, oh, where? F- oh, you're from South Carolina? I'm from Columbia. Where are you from? Charleston? Oh, they're 400 miles away from each other. Oh, you're my sister from <laughs> another mister? Exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. The South. Yeah, no, everyone always would shit on um, Connecticut. I got in an argument with someone the other day um, on set yesterday. She's from New Hampshire. 
And she was talking shit. She says, I didn't know Connecticut was a part of New England. And I said, well, Ooh, it is. Wow. It's a, it's one, there's only six states in New England. She goes, no, there's really only four. And I went, no. Wow. <laughs> there absolutely aren't. It's Connecticut, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, uh, Maine, Vermont, New Hampshire. She goes, no, I'm pretty sure it's just Maine, Vermont, New Hampshire, and Massachusetts. And we don't really like Massachusetts either. And I was like, oh. Wow, I didn't realize there was... Um, There's some, like, snootiness. Like, in New England, the higher north you go, the more they look down on... Like, people from Maine do look at the rest of New England like, who the fuck are you guys? <laughs> You're not New England. Yeah. Welcome to Kenny Bunkport. Uh, like, <laughs> uh, it all comes back to Maine. I know. So, it's it a does. beautiful state. <laughs> Maine's amazing. I went on a, a 12-hour bus ride to get there this <sighs> summer just because I was like, I got to get back. It's amazing. I, I love Maine so much. There was a, um, so I always wanted, one of my dreams is to hike the Appalachian Trail. And it, the ending point is at Mount Katahdin in Maine. But there's, it's considered one of the most dangerous parts, not Mount Katahdin, the most dangerous part of the Appalachian Trail is called the 100, 100 Mile Wood, which is part of Maine. And it's exactly what it says. They're like, before you go, there's all these warning signs. They're like, just so you know, once you get into this area, there is nothing for 100 miles in any direction. <laughs> they were like, so make sure you got all your food and all your water and all everything because you, you just got to keep going until you're out because you'll be trapped there forever. Oh, man. Yeah, I don't know. I, don't, I mean, I, I've seen that movie Wild with Reese Witherspoon. That was the other one. That was Pacific Crest yeah, Trail. Yeah, like just that idea of like hiking and having to have all of your supplies with you and maybe dying mm-hmm. doing it. I, I don't know. Oh, Dude. I love it. I don't know why, but that's like a dream of mine. So like the Appalachian Trail goes from Maine down to Georgia. It's 2,600 miles. It takes like six months to complete. Like, and that's the thing. I'm like, I don't know when I'm going to have six months of spare time around. Not only six months of spare time, but an ample enough amount of like savings to not only pay for everything on the six months, but also like still have a home when I get back. <laughs> like, yeah. You need to be pretty well off. I feel like to do that or completely destitute. <laughs> you need to do one of the two. I'll spend all of my savings on this uh, large <laughs> book bag of walk. spam and water. Spam's too heavy, man. You can't do that. I know. It's a lot of water. Everything, everything's weight when you're hiking like uh, that. So true. Everything's dried packets of noodles. That's like that's the only thing you go hiking with. Uh, no, 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 <laughs> I, no. I'm too much of a comfort person. I always mention doing this, and yeah, all of especially my city friends are like, "Why in the world would you do that?" I'm like, "Cause it's, cause I don't, it's I don't really because because I resemble Paul Bunyan exactly." <laughs> Because you know that uh, scene in The Revenant where the bear fucks up Leonardo DiCaprio for 10 minutes? I want that. <laughs> I, want, I want that feeling. Give I want to get experience. through. Oh, there was a guy I just saw recently who um, was attacked twice by a grizzly bear and somehow survived. And <laughs> By the same grizzly bear? By the same grizzly bear. <laughs> fucked him up once. And then he like survived, started trying to make his way back to his truck. And, and then it came back? It came back and fucked him up a second what? time. And then he gets back to his truck, takes out his phone and went, hey, everybody. And his ears falling off. <gasps> and he's just like <gasps> mauled to death. And he's just like, well, I'm going to go to the hospital. Uh, I think I can drive myself. And 
She was mad. I maced the shit out of her. She didn't care. <laughs> like, oh my god, it's pretty. And because that's what happens if. So there's a big difference. So when you're hiking the Appalachian Trail, this has become a show. This is a show about trails. Sponsored by Patagonia. <laughs> exactly. When you're hiking the Appalachian Trail, you're not going to run into grizzlies. Don't worry. You're going to run into black bears. Black bears are much smaller, um, less aggressive, but are still bears. <laughs> so they'll still fuck you up pretty good. But this guy was in um, over in the Rockies, I think. He was in Montana, I believe. So he got attacked by a grizzly, which is like, so uh, adult male black bear, like 600 pounds, five, 600 pounds, Ooh. big fucking animal. Yeah. But an adult male uh, grizzly, 1,500 pounds to 2,000, like a huge difference in an animal. And the difference is like, like they always tell you, because we all hear stuff about bears. Like, oh, how do you survive a bear attack? Oh, you get real big and you go, and you yell at it. And then, um, you know, you don't run. And if they come at you, you play dead and you do all that stuff. Everything you've ever heard about bear safety is for grizzly bears. Uh, black bears, who are much less aggressive and... Um, I'll say less dangerous in a way, but they're still bears. None of that works for. If you play dead, they'll gnaw on your face until you're actually dead. Ah. Um, they tell you to climb a tree. Black bears are great at climbing trees. They'll shit. come right up after you. They no. don't give a shit. And like they always tell you not to run. And um, in Bill Bryson's book, he who's talking about it, he goes, yeah, they always tell you not to run away. But if a black bear's chasing you, you might as well run away. So you at least tried not to die. Like, well, uh, all right. So maybe you they're shouldn't. Pretty, they're easily scared off. Black bears are easily scared off. But the big thing, like this guy, they got mauled by the grizzly. If you become between a mama bear and her cub, that's really when you're like, you're going to die. And it's going to be a big old mistake. One time I was hiking and we saw a black bear cub and we were like, oh, my fucking God, we're all going to die. We're all going to die right now. And it was far enough away. It was like 100 feet up in the woods. And we're like, is that a black bear? That's a baby. That's a baby black bear. We're all going to die. No. And we start looking around and we're like, if that's if, if the baby's up there and we're between mama and baby, we're about to get fucked up. Um, luckily, we weren't. And then a little while later, we saw like the shadow of the mom even further up. And we're like, we need to turn around and leave oh, right now. No, 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 no. It's, it's pretty nuts. But also... So maybe, maybe don't don't hike uh, the hundred mile trail. Maybe not. No, yeah. Maybe, not, maybe. Well, in the hundred mile woods, you're not so much worried about black bears as much as you're worried about moose. Moose are very aggressive. Well, they're so majestic and beautiful. <laughs> they're so majestic. They're super aggressive. Oh, it's pretty great. Yeah, a lot of things can kill you in the woods. I think that's why I like hiking because I kind of like that feeling of like. I don't know, but I'm less afraid of wild animals tearing me apart than I am of a serial murderer finding my tent in the woods and like doing some weird shit to me. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't sound fun. You don't want to go hiking with We're not going to go to Maine and go hiking together, Tim. I think I'll, you can find me at Jordan Pond having a <laughs> popover. Um, just come, you know, let me know when you're on the way. What's the difference between a popover and a Yorkshire pudding? Um, I don't know if I know what a Yorkshire pudding is. Uh, a, okay. a popover is just like this puffy little pastry. Yeah, I think that's what a Yorkshire pudding thing. is too. Oh, okay. I wonder if they have the same. What 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 people's populated Maine? <laughs> what persons populated? Is it Quebecians? The uh, French 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 oh, Canadian? I, I feel. I don't know. I mean, if they're the 
the kings of New England, um, princes of Maine. You remember yeah. that? Good night <laughs> From to you. Cider House Rules. Good night to you, you kings, kings of, of New England, England, you princes of Maine. Oh, um, then he overdosed on ether. Oh, God. That's a weird Tale movie. Tale as old as time. <laughs> the guy that runs an orphanage for wayward children. An orphanage slash cider mill slash doctor's office. Slash puts himself to sleep with ether. Yeah. Um, Slash is Michael Caine. Is Michael Caine. So yeah, maybe I don't. Uh, there's a lot of British uh, influences. <laughs> <laughs> you wrote one song about Maine. I'm expecting you to be an expert, oh, Tim. God. Uh, all I can tell you is I had the most delicious lobster roll of my life at a place called Eventide in Portland, Maine. Now, ooh, I love Portland, Maine. If I can live in any city, if I never had to have a job <laughs> like if i never needed money i would think i'd go live in portland maine uh, it's yeah. so beautiful and quaint and sm- like small but still plenty of like restaurants and it's a, it's still a city yeah. but it's just like when you come from new york and you go there you're like it's laughably a city you're like yeah. this isn't anything like, this place has charm to burn i um i every now and then i do jobs in portland and we would fly there and um the uh, airport has two term two gates. <laughs> you uh, just show up and they're like gate one or two. <laughs> You're uh, like, oh. And one time I showed up and I was supposed to be flying back to New York and they're like, your flight's canceled. You're gonna have to wait another eight hours. And I was like, why? And they're like, well, there was only three people on your flight, oh. and that's not enough to pay for the fuel <laughs> to take off. Wow, 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 wow. Yeah, that's like the good and bad of those small airports. You're like, I love it. It's so charming. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, the next flight will be tomorrow. Exactly. Oh, I'm going to go to Hudson News and eat a cellophane-wrapped uh, turkey sandwich now mm. that was made a very long time ago. Delicious. Such a good thing. Speaking of delicious, we've been talking about Maine long enough. I think it's time to play Maine Mofo, motherfucker, by Squirm and Germ. Ladies and gentlemen, we've been talking about them long enough. Here's their song. Boop, 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 boop. Boop, 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 boop. I want to go on vacation. I know I've been told To have no expectations But I can't hold it all in My brain won't stop My head's insane I'm ready to get away Summertime squirming germ Next stop, Maine Nothing like dipping the dipping veins and clam juice, clam bucket, clam trout, a clam sucking, rocking hood and veins, what shirts, LL Bean, windbreakers, down in bud and popovers and biking through Acadia. Vacation land, we're gonna make Checking on 
bitches. Gonna, 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 gonna get to Maine. No, I better, 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 better abstain. My parents old school like John Wayne. But when I'm out with the fam, it's hard to stay tame. Gotta keep it clean and pure retain. But I'm more explosive than a bottle of butane. See another rocky beach and I'ma go insane. I'ma, 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 I'ma go insane. I don't even know how to eat a lobster. I don't even know how to eat a lobster. I don't even know how to eat a lobster. Can someone just cover that shit in butter? I wanna live in a lighthouse. We're gonna make Wasn't that wonderful, everybody? Uh, oh, I love doing the fake pause while I let the song play because <laughs> it's literally just a minute. Um, but yeah, Tim, this is so Zach, much fun. Thank you for having me. I Zach. don't know what we talked about, but it was fun. I, I had a good time. Doing I don't know. It. What day is it? You thought it was Saturday. I thought it was Saturday the whole time. I'm going to go see if I have a ticket on my car. Oh, no. It's going to be great. Uh, let's do this again soon. This is fun, Tim. Yeah. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, please follow Tim Gerbach on his social medias. What is your Instagram handle? It's just my name. Just Tim Gerbach? Mine's yeah. just my name. It's yeah. cool. So follow him at Tim Gerbach, T-I-M-G-I-R-R-B-A-C-H. That's right. Nice. Good. I was very proud of that. Um, every day he posts a new headshot, which is another 80s person, usually. Usually it's uh, Patty LaBelle. Exactly. <laughs> You are obsessed. All right. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Talk to you soon. All right. Love that kid. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Please follow Tim uh, at Tim Gerbach on all the social medias. Follow us on social media at Zach Miko, Z-A-C-H-M-I-K-O. Follow us at facebook.com slash bigthingspod and our website, bigthingspod.com. Feel free to email us. I love you guys so much. Um, I'm going to go watch that football game now that you guys already saw happen. Ah, I'm in the future. It's crazy. And until next week, go out into the world and do big things. Ta-da!